You're listening to the Pines Church Podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Pines Church Online Experience. My name is Matt Joya, and I am super, super excited today because today marks two years as a church. It's our birthday. It's our anniversary. Whatever label you want to slap on it. And I want to thank all of you that are watching or streaming or listening to us on podcast uh, for sowing into the church, for championing us every step of the way. Um, Man, it's been awesome to have you alongside this journey. And I just want to let you know that your giving and your sharing is moving the needle for the kingdom here in Central Maine. And so Today's message is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to be kind of sharing what I believe the Lord has put on my heart, the state of our nation, the state of our world, as you look out and you see what's happening in the spiritual realm. And I'm going to be casting the vision to what God has called us to as a body of believers um, to advancing the kingdom. And so just kind of stay with me. I'm just giving you forewarning. I'm going to be a little bit all over the place, but it's going to make sense because this isn't your traditional message. But I do believe that every single person listening or tuning in or watching is going to be able to get something out of this um, today. And, you know, as I was obviously being a pastor for two years now, um, I've, I've counseled people. I, I really feel called to help shepherd people's hearts. And so in doing that, a lot of people share the struggles of what they're going through. In fact, you get a lot more of the struggles and sometimes you get the victories, but we're like, we're working towards that. Um, And that's a necessary part of it. We have to, Paul says, to examine ourselves to see the things that aren't supposed to be there so that we can get rid of them. You know, a lot of times we just want the silver bullet, like just get rid of all these things. I want to sow a seed, just get a financial windfall. And yes, we believe in sowing and reaping. But you can sow a seed and get a financial windfall and still be in dire straits because we haven't learned stewardship. And stewardship is taking care of the entrustment that God has given you. And stewardship is talked about all throughout Scripture. And so we as a body of believers, as a church, want to make sure that we are being good stewards of the finances that are coming in, of the body of people that God is sending to the pines, but we also have to be good stewards of ourselves. What are we spending our time consuming? What are we spending our time eating? What are we spending our time doing? And if there are things that are off from the word, what are we spending our time thinking about? If there are things that don't line up with scripture, then we have a responsibility to uproot those things. We've been talking about sanctification, right? The process of sanctification. God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, right? But it was up to them to get Egypt out of themselves. They were making, they were delivered from Egypt and all the gold was heaped on them and they're praising God. But because they had Egypt in them, they made for themselves a golden calf, right? Because they still had a lot of broken thinking. And so we have to get those things out of us. We have to get the world out. And so as I've been pastoring and and, and shepherding people and counseling people, um, so many of you, um, have been battling depression, have been battling suicidal thoughts. It, it's, it's at an all-time high. Even if you look at the, the scientific statistics, everybody seems to be battling anxiety, fear at an unprecedented rate. 
And you know, the Bible's very clear that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. So if we're battling these things, we've picked them up from somebody else other than God. We're spending time and attention and energy and emotions on things that God isn't asking us to spend that emotion, energy, and thought life on. And so I think, I believe that we're coming to a place as a church. And when I say church, I mean Pines Church, but church, big C. How many of you know there really is only one church? It goes by many, many names, Pines, Rock, Highlands, but we are all part of the church, big C. And so I believe we as a big church, um, as we look across the landscape of our world, um, we can no longer simply play church or run through the motions. You know, when you were a kid or a teenager, you could eat junk food, you could stay up till three in the morning and get up early, and you could drink soda all day long and still perform, you know, at, at an all-time level in sports and go hang out with your friends and pass your tests. But guess what, when you get older, you can't live off that diet anymore. Your body starts to break down. So you may be able to move a little bit of distance off of that diet, but you come to a place where you're going to crash and burn. And I think for believers, we're coming to a place where people have been coming casually coming to church on a Sunday, you know, and maybe going to a Bible study, but feeding on the world. And we're coming to a place where that is simply not going to be enough. And I think believers are crashing, not because God hasn't delivered them, but because their appetite, because they've been feeding on something that they shouldn't. So now is a time to take a look at our diets and what are, are we working out? You know, are we working out our salvation with fear and trembling? Are we exercising our faith or are we just showing up on a Sunday morning? These are questions we need to be asking ourselves. And I think as a church, we've kind of come to that place and you'd have to be spiritually blind to, to not see that we are approaching the end times. And I don't want to scare you, but Jesus rebuked the disciples for not being able to discern the times. In Romans 13, 11, he said, do this, knowing the time that is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep, for now salvation is nearer to us when we believe. So I shared that scripture a little bit ahead of time, but I think many Christians have been in this slumber. We've been sleepwalking. We've been showing up, but we haven't been participating. We haven't really been running. And so now is the time uh, to wake up. But in Luke's gospel, Jesus said this. He said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, a shower is coming. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there's going to be scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites. Dang. So Jesus is calling them out saying, you can predict the weather. Like, you know, when you see clouds to go inside because it's going to start pouring rain. But he says, you hypocrites. Now you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. But why do you not know how to interpret the present time? So in other words, you know, he lists in Romans that a sign of the end times is that people are going to be haughty. They're going to be prideful. They're going to be disobedient to their parents. They're going to be filled with malice. Murder is going to increase. They're going to invent new ways for evil. Like, look around you. Turn on um, any news channel and you're going to see that we are living in those days. And so we have to, we have a responsibility 
um, to make sure that we are living in such a way that the Lord could return tomorrow. There needs to be a sense of urgency in our study. There needs to be a sense of urgency in our prayer. There needs to be a sense of urgency in our serving. The days of casual Christianity have come to an end. The timeline has been sped up and we are living in um, the end times. In fact, I think another sign to you, if you're kind of a skeptic, if you're saying, well, but they've been saying that forever, which actually the Bible warns about people that say that, but I have never seen in my lifetime a time where not only are the Ten Commandments not followed, but they're boasted and celebrated in not following. And I'm just going to give you like a, a really quick description. You shall have no other gods before me. You know, everything's a God. Fitness is a God. Churches become a God to people. Um, careers have become a God. Sex has become a God. Stuff has become a God. Money's become a God. Everything has become a God except for God. We give our, you know, our attention and, and draw our strength from all these different things. And the second of the Ten Commandments is likewise, you shall not make idols before me. Again, sex, status, stuff. We have so many different things that are idols, even ministry. And an idol isn't something that you just, you, you, you get on your knees and bow down. No, it's anything you give your strength to and draw your strength from. The third of the Ten Commandments, you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Okay? Um, the vulgarity in our nation is, is unbelievable. And have you ever seen somebody stub their toe and say Buddha? Have you, I mean, it's always taking the Lord's name in vain. You know, number four, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. This is one of the only Ten Commandments that people actually brag about breaking. They, they brag about, oh man, my schedule is packed out. I have something going on every single day. All you're doing is you're bragging that you're not honoring the Ten Commandments, that you're not taking Scripture serious. Number five, you honor your mother and father. We're seeing disobedience in the classroom, on the streets, in the home at an unprecedented level. You should not commit a murder or you should not commit murder. Abortion is at an all-time high. You shall not commit adultery. We live in a culture, a culture that celebrates pornography. In fact, experts say pornography will enhance your marriage. There's nothing further from the truth, but that's how twisted we have. Think about some kind of marriage counselor sitting down with a man and a woman that are supposed to be an exclusive monogamous relationship, and that expert, air quotations, telling you that you need to introduce pornography watching other people engage in sexual activity, and that's going to strengthen your marriage. It's like bonkers. We've gone backwards. Number seven, or I'm sorry, yeah, no, number eight, you shall not steal, yet we have millions and millions upon millions scamming the unemployment numbers, um, you know, saying that they're looking for a job and just collecting a paycheck, sitting on their sofas, Netflix and chilling. And then we have a major majority of Fortune 500 companies that are avoiding paying taxes at everything in, pat in, you know, lining the pockets of politicians to pass legislation that prevents them from having to pay taxes. And so there's mass corruption going on. You shall not uh, bear false witness. You know, disagreement has become hatred. 
So if we disagree with something or we call somebody out on something, all of a sudden it's hatred and people are labeling us uh, misogynistic or racist and homophobic. Or, and there are those titles and there are people that, um, that step into those, but it just seems to be if you disagree with me, um, this label is going to be slapped on you. And number 10, you shall not covet. And, you know, you think about it with social media, we have unhindered, unbroken access to everybody's life every second, every day. And all we do is watch them and covet what they have, covet their wife, covet their house, covet their car, covet their job, covet their life. And so we're being like almost trained to covet. So the 10 commandments, which have been taken out of schools and government institutions are now not only followed, but they're, they're, they're celebrated in not being followed. And so, yes, we are living in the end of days. And this isn't a left thing or a right thing. This is an up and down thing. This is us returning to submission to God and to his word. And you see this, this, this fight in, in our nation. You see the Grammys where television stations are literally posting, we're getting ready to worship and they're worshiping the devil. And then you see a bunch of college students, you know, seeking the face of God instead of the hand of God in Asbury and these breakouts happening where people are just repenting and they're getting free and, and confessing their sin and God is moving in a powerful way. And this is why I shared all of that because we're coming to a fork in the road where Revelation warns us, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. We either have to be all in with God or nothing in between. There is no in between. We can't be casual in our approach to God. And so what are we doing about this as a church? That's a good question. And so I wanted to share the vision for the Pines Church going into 2023. I know we're in March, but into our third year as an organization, as a body of believers. And the, the word that the Lord gave me at the beginning in planning this church was Blitzkrieg. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that word, um, it's, it's an amazing word to know, especially if you play Scrabble. But it's a, it's a military term. It's taken from World War II. It's coined by the Germans. Um, and it, it is defined as this, an intense military campaign intended to bring about victory and occupy a land. And for those of you that may not know, they would occupy, they would attack and occupy by land, sea, and air. And so I saw God sending this church out with three major objectives that I'm going to share with you over the next few minutes. Number one is unity. The Bible says in Psalm 123, where there's unity, God commands his blessing. I want to be wherever the commanded blessing is. And so when we say unity, it isn't this abstract um, term. It's unity amongst the church. So something that we do as a church is we pray for other churches every single Sunday and throughout the week because it isn't a competition. You know, as I shared in opening, there really is only one church. And so we as brothers and sisters need to link arms in advancing the kingdom. I think it is the worst witness in the world when there are two churches on the same road and the pastors don't know each other. What a horrible witness to the world. Can you imagine if uh, on a football team, the quarterback was never introduced to the receiver, <laughs> like didn't even know his name? How good would that team be? They wouldn't be very good, would they? 
So we believe in unity amongst the church. We also believe in unity amongst the generation, that the blue hair needs the silver hair, and that the pink hair needs the no hair. And just shouting in a church service, we're believing the next generation is going to go further than us, is hollow unless there's intentionality behind it. And so we are committing as a body of believers to doing life with people that are above us in years and, and beneath us in years, because that's what we see all throughout scripture, not just having these little like subcultures, like all the youth go over here, all the, you know, elderly go over here, all the young adults go over here. Yeah, it's okay to have some of those groups, but we need to be doing life alongside each other. You know, the older generation needs to be pouring into the younger generation. In fact, the Bible says it like this, in the last days, and again, we're living in the last days, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So anybody that tells you the revival is a Gen Z thing or a millennial thing, no, it's a boomer thing, it's a Gen X thing, it's, 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 he's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And it isn't a men or a woman thing. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Yes, your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall share dreams. So there's the unity of the generations. And so we need the zeal of the youth and we need the wisdom of the silver-haired generation. And so there has to be intentionality. Number two in our blitzkrieg, land, sea, and air, is discipleship. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 28, the marching orders, therefore go, you got to go, we came to Maine, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, preaching the full counsel of God's word, the promises and the warnings, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So the purpose of the church isn't just to lead people to God and get them saved and baptized. It's to teach them, to disciple them, to mature them, and to be able to set them into the call that God has placed on their lives. Number three, in the Blitzkrieg, land, sea, and air, okay, attack and occupy is going after the lost. You know, this is something I said when the Lord was sending us to Maine. Yes, I was born and raised here, but I hadn't been here since the 90s. I started to do a little research. Maine is in the top 10 of opiate addiction and overdose, top 10 of alcohol addiction and death, top 10 government assistance, top 10 um, divorce rate, top 20 suicide. So... So Maine is desperately in need of, and, and actually Maine is 49th out of 50 in Christians per capita. So less than 3% of Maine residents claim to be Christian. So think about this. We send missionaries to places of the world that have a higher concentration of believers than our own home turf. So that's why we are here. We are here to reach the lost. And so there's this, um, and I can just say this, I'm sick of hearing um, that the, you know, I shared those stats because it's important to know that the, of the, the frontier that we're navigating. But I'm sick of hearing how hard it is. You know, the time's not to pray. It's not the time to pray 
for less work. It's the time to pray for a stronger back. And so God is going to grace us. We're not working out of our own strength, but we're working in God's grace. And he's going to strengthen us to this work. And I believe that Maine is primed for a spiritual awakening. In fact, I believe that it is already begun. And so the Bible tells us that the harvest is great, but the labors are few. Our responsibility at the Pines is to reach out, to find the lost, to bring them into the fold, to connect them with Jesus, to baptize them, to disciple them, to then return to the fields to help bring in that harvest. Christianity is messy. And it takes people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and get a little dirt under their fingernails to help bring in that harvest. And that is what this church stands for. And you know, one of the prophecies that helped me as I sold everything we had, packed up our stuff in a U-Haul, drove across the country um, in the middle of a pandemic, came to a place where I didn't know one other human being was a prophecy that Dutch Sheets gave over the state of Maine. And I'm going to close with this. And some of you may be saying, you know, well, I don't know how I feel about prophecy and, and all of that. Well, 27% of the Bible is prophecy. So if you're going to follow God, you have to uh, yield to prophecy. You have to believe in prophecy. But this is the prophecy that he gave Dutch Sheets over the state of Maine. He said, just as the sun touches Maine first before it reaches the rest of the United States, so will a move of my spirit begin in Maine and spread across this nation like wildfire. And you know, when I first heard that, I thought to myself, you know, that's just something that people tell themselves, you know, to kind of give themselves hope in a, in a hard uh, environment. But I, as I started to think about it, I thought, isn't it just like God? to go to the furthest, coldest, hardest area and to light a fire. No one would be able to say it's because of some slick marketing program. No one would be able to say it's because of a residual of what's there. This is a genuine move of God's spirit. And so the Pines Church, along with hundreds of other churches across this state, are here to bring in that harvest. And so that's what we are focusing on. The time is short. The clock is ticking. The time of having a foot in the world and a foot in the kingdom is over. We have to be fully yielded, giving God 100% of our lives, submitting to his lordship and seeking first the kingdom of God. And so I want to invite you on this journey. Thank you for sharing our messages. Thank you for showing into this work. Um, Thank you for being a part of this church. It is such a privilege to be able to advance the kingdom alongside you. Until next time, Godspeed. Thank you so much for listening to the Pines Church Podcast, a sermon resource provided by the Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.